Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Community Solutions Podcast, where we inspire employees to improve their workplace relationships and environments by sharing and learning from real life experiences. I hope you all had a wonderful day, a wonderful week. Let's get into this new episode. So today we're going to be talking about why are you still there if you're unhappy? Why? Well, there, there are many reasons why you're still there. And this applies to your personal life. This applies to your professional life. If you are unhappy, why are you still there? So let's get into it. Far too often, we are trying to decide if we should stay or if we should go. There's so much that we are weighing, the pros and the cons. Well, maybe it will get better. Maybe it's me. There's a simple solution, it'll get fixed, right? And so the question still remains is that if you are unhappy, why are you still there? There are so many reasons why we choose to endure pain, or frustration or toxicity. Sometimes it's self-inflicted because we compare ourselves to other people. Sometimes our pain isn't even our pain. We're just unhappy because our life doesn't look like someone else's. And so it's just really so important. It is very important for everyone, for each of us, to always self-reflect and to look back and to make sure that we are experiencing exactly what we are feeling. Now, before I get into all the details, I know there are people out there who say, you know, they have the mindset of, oh, it couldn't be me, or if I don't like it, I'm leaving. Yes, there are many people like that, but other people, they just can't seem to do that. A lot of people have huge obligations that they refuse to leave in the wind. Like they, they want some type of stability, whether it's for their children, whether it's for their aging parents, whether they need insurance or not. Everyone can't just up and quit a job. Okay. And we're going to leave the personal side, let's say abusive relationship. We're not going to, I'm not going to discuss that because that's not something that that I can relate to. Okay. So we're going to keep this episode on the pro professional aspect of it. The, per the personal side of the professional aspect. Okay. So yes, there are many reasons why we choose to endure the pain, why we choose to stay in this toxic environment at work or, or we stick or we choose to stick with this toxic manager. There are various reasons. And I listen to people all the time on social media saying, you know, just quit. And, and I, I understand people who are religious and who believe in God. I believe in God. I believe in faith, but I also believe in order. And sometimes it's not good for us to just run from something because it's uncomfortable. That could be where our blessing is. There could be that push and pull, that struggle because that's where our next blessing lies. Okay, so I'm not one to say 
that you should just up and leave. I'm very strategic. And if you listen to my previous episodes, you will hear that, that I like to have a plan. And I know everybody doesn't do that. Some people can just wing it. But I like to have order. I like to have stability. My children, I make sure that we we tried to get in the best school school district available. And I didn't do a lot of moving around because I want them to be stable. I want them to have that environment. Okay, so their kid, their their friends, they've known since since elementary school because they, they've stayed in that same district. Now, had it been a bad district and would I have changed? Yes, I probably would have. But we have to know when to move and when to stay. So the conversation today is, when should you leave? If you are that happy, why are you still there? So let's get into the reasons that I discovered from my own personal experiences and friends of mine and just doing simple research. Okay, so the first reason is managerial. Like we want to leave because we have a horrible manager. I've had one. I can relate. I could tell you plenty of stories. I've had great managers as well. So I'm not going to just go on this negative trip, but I have had um, negative experiences with managers. But what happens is you get in this position, you're here with this manager, and you don't know this is going to be a long term, long term um, um, effect. Because everything doesn't show up at the very beginning. Okay, so once once a red flag does pop up, you're like, okay, that's odd. Then maybe another one pops up. It's like, okay, she did this again or he did this again. Is this routine? Are they doing it to anyone else? And it's like, okay, well, this doesn't seem to be subsiding. Maybe I should have a conversation. Let me respond back to this email. Or let me have a face to face. Okay, well, this isn't working. As you can see, time goes by in between each interaction or each instance. So this doesn't all occur over a week. So that's why so many people, they're in these roles for this long with a toxic manager because it's happened over a period of time, over a longer period of time. And it's not like they're just enduring it. They are trying to navigate through it. They are trying to ask for assistance. They're trying to resolve it. They're trying to have open lines of communication to see, okay, am I misunderstanding or what do you mean by this? Okay. Sometimes you have to escalate it. Sometimes it has to go to HR. And next thing you know, you're two years in dealing with this. So, so this is one of the reasons why you're still there because you had no idea. Had you known at the beginning how long it was going to take to get it resolved, you probably would have quit already, but you don't because you're going through the process and you have hope. Okay. If I do this, it's going to get better. Okay. If I do this, it'll get better. Or maybe they're just going through something. They're having issues with their children. Right? So these are real life situations that people are going through on a daily basis. Should they just up and quit? That's something that you have to decide. Another reason why people are unhappy at work 
and are trying to decide if they should leave or not is the work-life balance. Because when they started off working, it was great. They, they learned their roles, they learned their responsibilities, they've got it down, they've made process improvements. Okay, now maybe someone else on the team has quit and they have taken on more responsibilities. So now they're working longer hours. The, the department has not um, opened up that, that, um, that, that vacancy to be filled yet. So that work is being spread around. So now they're being contacted after hours. And they could be in the mindset, that employee could be in the mindset of, okay, this won't take long. They're going to hire someone. They're going to hire someone. Then they go and ask, and it's just still not getting resolved in the fastest time that they were expecting. So it's very easy to judge someone that is unhappy at work, but you really don't know what's going on inside. You really don't know what's going on in their mental space. You really don't know what they are trying to um, think about, that the critical thought that they're trying to decide, okay, I really like my job. But this part right here, okay. Another another um, reason why people are unhappy, but they are still there, is because they're seeking promotion. They're like, okay, I really like it here. I really want to be promoted. There's another position over here that I want, and I've been in this position before as well, where I want a position, but there's no vacancies. I really like that manager. I really want to work with her. You know, her employees love her. I want to be over there. And there's, there's absolutely no vacancies. So what do you do? You wait it out. You gain more experience. You get, you get, um, you gain more expertise in where you are now. Maybe you can speak with the manager and see if you can take on any of their work or sit with one of their um, employees and shadow them, right? Not everybody wants to do that. I understand this is not for, this is not for everybody, but that is an idea. Well, let me shadow with them so they know that I'm interested when the position comes available. I will have the upper hand because I already have some firsthand knowledge and, and I'm, I've shown that I can work well with the people who are already there. Okay, but in the meantime, I'm unhappy because I don't want to be where I am now. I'm trying to get over there. So that's another reason why you are still there and you are unhappy. What is another reason? Being in your comfort zone. Have you ever been in a position so long that you know all the ins and outs? You are the SME, the subject matter expert. Everyone comes to you for all of their questions and their guidance and the one-offs. And they try to figure out how you, your responsibilities impact them and how their team can learn from you. And they need your, your training, right? Have you ever been there where you know all of this, you know in the back of your hand, you've written, you've probably written all of the um, standard operating procedures, but now you want something new. But that something new 
makes you get out of your comfort zone. Now you don't know everything like the back of your hand. Now you have to ask someone else questions. Now you're starting all the way from the bottom of the learning curve. You're not the one that, with the expertise. You are in a new environment, a new company, new policies, new procedures, new steps, new systems. And so that's another reason why you are unhappy in your current environment is because you want change, but you don't want to be changed. And listen, I'm telling you because I'm speaking from experience. Because I have gotten comfortable. I have gotten comfortable. I, I'm like, well, this company is a great company. And I like what I do and I like who I'm helping and I like to see the benefit of it. But there's no. There's no movement here. There's no open positions here. Yes, I could take my expertise somewhere else, but then I'm back at the beginning. Now I'm losing all seniority, right? Now I can't work from home. No more casual Friday. So again, sometimes we get caught up in our comfort zone. And so in all of these scenarios, at some point you have to make a decision. You have to make a decision. What do I really want? Am I going to choose to be uncomfortable on this side or uncomfortable on the other side? And no one can direct you but you. No one can make that decision but you unless you get fired, terminated. No one can make that decision but you. Another reason of why you're still there, but you're unhappy, which goes along with the whole comfort zone, is because you've made friends there. You've made friends there. You have relationships there. You may, be, you may live close to home. So that proximity and those relationships, that's a plus. I've never worked close to home when I was in corporate America. All my drives were 45 minutes to an hour. One way. All of them. Now, my husband, on the other hand, he's always had the jobs that were close to home. I would love to have a job where I was close to my children's school or to my parents or where when they when they get sick or now that we have so much um, school interruptions, right, school interruptions, that I'd be able to rush down and get down there to them. But when when their school is close to your job, that's a that's a that's a plus. That is a plus when you have met friends and you have created lasting relationships. When they inspire you to come to work, when when you walk in, you see your friend. And it just brightens up your day, you know, the type of friends that when they're not there, your, your day just lasts. Forever. It's like it's never ending at work. You're ready to go home because your buddy wasn't there for you to laugh with and a joke with. And I'm saying still be productive. A lot of companies think that just because you're happy, you're unproductive. Just because you socialize means you're unproductive. Those are the most productive people. 
You know why? Because they sit down, they get the job, they get their job done. So they can take those five minutes to go and check on their friend, to check on their coworker. Management's not doing that. Right? So these are all reasons why we are unhappy but still present. Again, I am Kim, the SME. I speak from my experience. And so I just want to let you know that you're not alone. Everybody can't relate. And I believe that I stayed in this last position for so long for this moment in time right here, for me to be able to share my experiences with you, for me to, to, to inspire you, to tell you that you're not alone. I understand. Yes, I was in a toxic environment for a while. I didn't plan on it. I didn't want it. I was trying to get it resolved. It was just a lengthy process. Right? And and I had parents that I cared for and family and children. Yes, I was comfortable, but it was far less than being comfortable. There was a need there. And that's one thing also, this is a side note, you never let your job know all of your details. You never let them know about your home life, your family life, because they can use that against you sometimes. And that's not something that I've that I've ever done. My father had always told me, you know, keep business, business, personal, personal. My mom the same way. Because you never want that to um, be a factor in your in management's decision for anything. If they know your, your spouse has lost their job, then guess what? They know they can give you more work because they know you need this job. I mean, simple things like that. They can use that against you. Okay? I'm trying to think, what is another thing? You're there because the pay is good. You're there because you have you have worked your way up. You're at an excellent pay grade, especially if you're in the government sector where you just get yearly increases. And you don't want to have to start at the bottom again, or you don't want to change industries. Or you think because your friend got you your current position that you, you won't have the necessary qualifications to do your current role somewhere else. Now, I've never had that experience, but I can only imagine the people that have. Those are the privileged ones most of the time where they got the job because of someone that they knew, not necessarily because of their qualifications. And so that's great at that moment. But when it's time to go somewhere else, yes, you can get there. But can you stay there? Do you have enough knowledge to be able to stay there with what you learned at your previous employment? It's not going to be based on your name all the time. It's going to be based on your knowledge. So I hope you all are listening. I hope you all um, are able to relate to some of these scenarios 
or know someone that has, if you know someone that can relate to any of these scenarios, share this message with them, share this episode with them, have them tune in because this is what it's all about. It's about creating these positive environments. And we can't always put that responsibility in someone else's hands. We can't always put it in the CEO's hands because that's not their main priority all the time, a majority of the time. If we want to be happy, if, if we want to spend those, all of those hours that we're at work in a more positive environment, some of that responsibility has to be put on us. Sometimes we have to be the creators of that change. But regardless of what everybody else is doing, I don't know what your department is doing, but over here, you know, let's make the change here. Another reason why you are probably still there and unhappy is because of job security. Maybe you're at one of those corporations where you listen to these earnings calls where they, they are speaking on the current situation or the current, um, what's the word? The current status of the company maybe for the quarter and they're speaking to their shareholders and they're giving out all this information. And they're saying that they're gonna be hiring for such and such department. And you're like, okay, like I have an opportunity. Like I will stay here right now because I know something else is coming. There is job security. I'm going to apply for that. Or maybe the financials are looking really good. Like, okay, we're gonna have some bonuses coming or some open positions though. The positions that I was waiting for before are now going to open and so I can get that job that I want. And then on the downside of that, maybe there's a recession coming. Maybe people are saying that, you know, the recession is here and it's not a safe time to go and look for another job. So you just wanna stay there and stick it out until time tells all. Does time tell all? But again, maybe because you're saying it's because of the recession. Maybe there's restructuring going at your place of um, business. Or there's a merger going on. I've been through that. And the trick there is, is that your company is being bought or merged with another one. So they don't need all that staff. So they're going to be letting go of several departments, many departments, many people. because they have somebody else coming in to take their place. And the trick is, and it's not necessarily a trick, but it feels like it when you're in that moment, is that they want you, who just got noticed that you're gonna be leaving, you're getting laid off, you need to train the new people. So you need to give up all your information and you need to share it with the new people who are gonna be taking over your responsibilities. This is another reason why you are unhappy and still there. Because what they do is they dangle this carrot. Okay, well, if you train the company that is coming to take over your job, we will give you this additional bonus. And so you have to stick it through that transition. And if you're not sharing the information, if you have a negative attitude, if you are not there, if you're calling off, then that payment will be affected. So now it's like, okay, 
Should you even stay? Should you go and seek other appointment because you're not going to get this bonus or should you stick it out? And then when you, when you leave there, you'll have a cushion at least. Not everybody thinks about all this stuff, but I, again, I'm telling you, I understand and I can relate. And when you, when you tell this to family and friends, they may not understand. They just, you know, push it under the rug. It couldn't be me. I'd be up and out of there. There's plenty of jobs out there and this and that. But it's so much different when you are the person in those shoes. When you are the person who has to make that decision, make that call. When it's your family on the line. When it's your finances on the line. When you have nothing saved. These are the decisions you have to make. And the last one I want to talk about because it's been in the news lately. And it's about um, diversity, equity, and inclusion. You could still be there unhappy because you are waiting to hold the door open for someone else. You know that if you leave, no one else will be there to represent the same people that you represent. Or you are there because you have, let's say you have dreads. And even though they just passed the law, but you have dreads. And now you don't believe that, you know, that's going to be a hindrance to applying for another job, even though it should not be, but it possibly could. It is so important for all these corporations to have diversity, to be inclusive, to be equitable for everyone. And it's unfortunate that there has to be a department or regulations that say that there has to be a department there for that. When there are individuals who are already there who could be making these choices in the roles that they have now. So it boggles my mind, even though I totally get it. I totally get it. And now many states. Many states like Texas, I can't remember the other states where they are outlawing it. Like, no, you, we are banning all diversity, equity, and inclusion departments. We do not want the, those practices in any of the institutions or corporations. So, just something to think about. Everyone can't relate to that one either because there is so much privilege. There is so much that other people don't have to experience. There are so many resumes that are just thrown out, just tossed out because of the names that are on that piece of paper. Or the um, historically black college or university that's listed as, as education on that resume. And so, yes, there should be somebody in there with just common sense that says, okay, this person is just as qualified or more qualified. This has nothing to do with qualifications. It's just making sure that there's some kind of fairness and inclusion and diversity.
And so I hope you all enjoyed this episode. I hope it's enlightened you. I hope if you have not had any of these experiences, you can now understand the mindset of what goes on in, in our minds when we're going through this. And also, all of these decisions and all of this weight and uncertainty always impacts the people around us. When we are unhappy, that energy, it permeates throughout the room, it permeates throughout the space. So it affects everyone. And so what I encourage everyone to do is to realize what you're there for. Okay, yes, maybe you are unhappy. Maybe you're not in the position you want. Maybe you don't have the best management. Maybe you're not getting the right pay that you want. And all of the other examples that I provided before. But what are you there for? Think of the bright side. Think of the positive side. You are gaining information. You are gaining knowledge. You are learning different systems. These are all things that you can put in your resume or use as a stepping stool for your own business, maybe. Wherever you are, find the positive. It is so difficult to get up out of bed and go to a job that you dread. Tomorrow, I want you to get up and go to work saying, okay, today I'm going to learn this, or today I'm going to learn how to do this faster, or I am going to, I mean, you really don't know exactly why you're there. You could be there to be a blessing to someone else. When I was at my job, at this one job in particular, I had always worked with this, this lady and she was older. She may have been like 20 or 30 years my senior. I'll say 20 years my senior. And she was having family problems at home and she didn't really get in, into the details, but she, her granddaughter needed a bed. And she, it just so happened that she heard me say that I was, I don't know if I was getting rid of it. No, I, I had just got my daughter another bed. And so I was getting rid of it. And then when she heard it, I told her, I said, oh, you can have it. You don't have to pay, pay me for anything. You know, you could just come and get it. And she was just so happy and so elated. And it was like a burden was just lifted off of her. And she just wanted her granddaughter to just sleep in a bed. And I'm so glad that we met at that road, at that same road, to where our needs met. And that we could both be a blessing to each other. So it's not always about the work that you are actually doing at your job, but it's the work that you're doing with the other people around you. Who are you blessing? Who are you, who are you helping around you? It doesn't always have to be work-related. You may not be there for your knowledge. You could be there to be a blessing to someone else. So just something for you to think about. It's no, not always about me, me, me. It could be about someone else. I enjoyed going to work because 
Yes. Did I enjoy what I was doing? Yes. Were there challenges around it? Yes. But I had a friend there. I made a friend, a lifelong friend. He ended up passing. But I was there. And at some point, he had trouble walking. And I would make sure he had his coffee in the mornings. You know, I would say, hey, A, what are we eating for lunch today? And I would either bring him lunch, you know, make him lunch, just something. Just something. What are you what else are you doing besides working at work? Who are you learning from? Who's learning from you? So sometimes we have to get out of our own wants and needs and think about how we are impacting someone else. And so that's what I encourage you all to do. Now, when you do decide to make that move and make that change and you see that nothing around you is changing for the better, the first thing you need to do is self-reflect. Self-reflect. Make sure you're leaving for the right reasons, for your own reasons, not because of how someone else's life looks. Write down the pros and cons. Write down what you expect and want out of the next job. Are you financially ready? Save up some money. Don't just, don't just quit because of your frustration. Sometimes we act on emotions. And that's the worst thing that we can do. We want to be level-headed. We want to be, we want to, we want to have a plan. And let me read you this article. It says, it says, so Paychecks wrote an article. They released an article and it's entitled Employee Regret After the Great Resignation. So it says in 2021, an unprecedented 47 million Americans quit their jobs. 47 million quit their jobs in 2021 to find either new work with better pay, benefits, benefits or work-life balance. Gen Z that quit, 89% of them regretted that, that decision. 77% of millennials regretted regretted that decision. 25% change industries. So they went from doing one thing to doing something totally different. Can you believe that of those percentages that I gave you, 68% tried to get those jobs back. The same jobs that they quit, they tried to get back. Only 27 were rehired. So that's why it's so important to make sure that you are making the right decision. Making sure you, I won't say a right decision, I will say a thought out decision. Also, talk to someone. You don't have to stand on their words. You don't have to do exactly what they say. You don't have to take their advice. You don't have to take my advice, but speak to someone. See if there's something that you're missing with your situation. See if there's something that you've overlooked. It's always good to have another set of eyes or another perspective 
on your situation. The next thing you should do is update your resume. Make sure you include everything in there that you have been doing, that you have knowledge of, that you have trained on, and make sure that whatever you put in there, that you stand on. You could be in the position you are now because of what you put in your, your resume originally. Did you put in there what they wanted to hear or what you wanted to get? That's a change that I've made. I've made sure that on my resume or whatever that I'm, I'm writing about myself, that is exactly what I am. If I'm not the best team player, I wouldn't put the best team player. If I'm a problem solver and I'm going to tell you when there's a problem, I'm going to tell you I'm a problem solver. Because I don't, what I don't want is for you to hire me and think that I'm going to see something and not mention it, not address it, not try to resolve it. No, I'm going to say, hey, excuse me. And I'm not saying at the very beginning when I'm just learning. I'm saying after I understand the ins and outs, when I understand why the steps are there the way they are, when I understand how this process affects all of the other departments, that's when I'll say, have you ever thought of this? Have you ever, ever thought of that? If you want someone to just sit there and do as you tell me to do, I'm not the one. And I want to make sure in my resume that that is known. No, you cannot tell me anything, everything. You cannot tell me everything, expect for me to do it. If it does not align with my rules of self um, expectation and my core values, I'm not going to be able to do it. And not every company, not every department, not every manager wants someone who is steadfast like that. Thankfully, there are some. So again, make sure what you put in that resume, you stand on. Because at any point in time, you can say, look, I put this in my resume. No, I do not prefer to be micromanaged. I do not. I, I'm unable to work in that type of environment. It reduces my creativity, my productivity. I cannot function well in a micromanaged environment. That's something that I would put. Because there are companies out there who don't want to have to micromanage you. They don't want to have to babysit. You don't hear about that all the time. It's always talking about micromanagement. But no, there are companies out there who they want you to be able to do what you said you knew how to do. And sit there and do it by the timeline that they said do it. That's me. I promise you that's me. Make sure not only do you update your resume, but you get referrals. If you are that great employee that you say you are, even if you can't get it from your current manager, there's someone around you who knows your work. Ask them for a referral. Ask them to write you up a referral, a letter, excuse me, a letter of recommendation a letter of recommendation that talks about your character and your work ethic, right? Your punctuality, how you work with other people. Because if you can get one of those from each of your jobs, then you have something that states. And most of the time, if you're, 
if you are who you say you are, they're all going to say the same thing, but they're going to be from different people, different companies, different times. That all talks about your character. That's all you. So make sure that you get your letters of recommendation and you update your resume with what you want, not what you think they want. Okay. Also, people are so quick to quit their jobs and forget about health insurance. Make sure that before you quit your job, you get to the doctor, you get your checkups, get your family, get your kids, get, make sure that they're up to date on whatever in, in immunizations that you want them to have and that they're healthy. Like These are all things that you want to make sure that you're making a wise decision on because you don't know if your next position is going to have a waiting period. Well, if this is a 90-day waiting period to get health insurance. Okay, what if you have to come up with that copay? What if the insurance is not that good? So always make sure, if you can, that you make sure everybody's health is up to par. At least, they, at least they've had their, their checkups before you leave, and dental included, vision included. Your kids may need contacts for sports. They may need they may need glasses that they're gonna need before the school starts. School year starts. That's what I mean by planning. Be strategic. If you're going to do something, do it right. Okay? Last but not least, use your intuition. Treat people how you want to be treated. Be mindful. Be mindful. Use your intuition. That is your guide. And a lot of times we ignore it. But again, these are my suggestions. This is some of my experience. And I am just here. I want to inspire everyone to be the solution wherever you are, whether it's in your home life, in your work life. Be the solution. If everybody took responsibility for something and tried to resolve something, the whole world would be a better place. So that is all I have, you all. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. If you enjoyed this one, check out my other ones. Share these episodes with people who you know are going through the same thing. I'm sure if you're going through it, one of your coworkers, that's your friends, friends with are, are maybe experiencing the same thing, share this with them. They can listen to it at the, you guys can listen to it at your desk. I am always sure not to use profanity in case you have to listen to it on your way home with your children. I don't want you to have to turn off from it, even though in this music, in this climate, there's so much profanity, even on the radio, but I want you to be able to listen to this and take it in without having to turn it down or turn the station or, you know, if it gets too vulgar or anything like that. So I love you all. I'm thankful for you all. Please check out the website, KimUnitySolutions.com for merchandise that is for sale to support this mission of positivity.
Once again, I am your host, Kim the SME. Peace, love, and blessings to you all. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.